Kind enough to join us from the Pac-12 Network. Roxy Bernstein joins us. How are you, sir? I'm okay. Sorry I was a little delayed. You know, I'm a sports injury that I'm dealing with myself, believe it or not. Yes, us, us broadcasters can have one. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm out of breath every time I tie my shoes. So <laughs> I, I get it. I understand it. Scotty's yelling for oxygen. And get the tank in here. I'm, I'm hurting. Uh, oh. So... Are you uh, this getting asked, old thing isn't fun, is it? No, it's not, <laughs> not at all. Hey, we had Stuart Mandel who joined us, uh, and I asked him if he was drinking the Utah Kool Aid like a lot of other people are right now. I'll ask you the same. Are you on this uh, Utah bandwagon as far as what this team could be capable of doing this year? I, I am, and look, I know the AP poll came out today, and they have Oregon ranked as the highest. Pac-12 team in the poll, but to me, Utah's the best team in the league. Um, I think there are fewer questions to me about the Utes than there are about Oregon. Uh, And I was out there for the spring game. I I got to see it firsthand, the talent that they have. And uh, especially when you look at what they have up front defensively. And to me, there's an easier path for them to win the South than it is for Oregon or to win the North because you have Washington, you have Stanford, you have Washington State who are all in the top 25 as well. And I think Cal's pretty good. So and I, when I look at the two divisions, I think Utah's gets the much easier route to winning the conference than Oregon or who's ever in the North. And they can avoid some of the toughest teams in the North as well. So you're right. That conference schedule does uh, lay out nicely for the Utes. It does, other than, okay, they have to go to Seattle, which uh, will be a tough ball game when they play the Huskies. Uh, and certainly revenge is on the mind of Utah, considering you know they played twice last year, including the championship game. But in the short week, but granted it's coming off a game against Idaho State before you have you know, a Friday night ball game at USC. But when I look at this team, and when I look at Utah and the returners that they have or the starters back, and Tyler Huntley just looked different to me when uh, he looks bigger physically, which I, I think will help him down the road um, with Zach Moss back. And then hopefully Britton Covey returns back to health. I just, I, I like what I see in both sides of the football. I think they're so balanced. Um, you know, Andy Ludwig coming back as the new offensive coordinator, but there's clearly the familiarity for Kyle Whittingham with Ludwig. So, I, to me, guys, I just think there's fewer question marks about Utah than there are about other teams in the Pac-12. And then to me, and when I look at especially that defensive front, some, somebody's going to have to do something very impressive to convince me otherwise that Utah is the team to beat right now in the Pac-12. There, is a, uh, there was a conversation last year about uh, uh, Washington needing to beat Auburn. They didn't, and it kind of hurt the conference. Oregon now gets Auburn. How important is that game in your eyes? I think it's huge. In a lot of ways, the same as it was last year. And, look, people wrote Washington off after week one when they lost that game in Atlanta. So this game's in Dallas, which I think is a little bit more neutral site, still a lot closer to, to Auburn than it is to Eugene. But it's, it's not just that game, guys, but you look around the early part of the conference schedule, and it's more, yes, that Oregon game, I think, is the number one game that people are talking about just because of Justin Herbert and what the Ducks have. But when you look at the schedule and USC and their schedule the first six weeks of the year, 
uh, and where they're going to play, you know, Notre Dame in their sixth game. And you open with Fresno State, and Jeff Tedford's done a great job there and how difficult that schedule is. And, of course, they're going to play BYU as well. But ASU going to Michigan State early in the year. UCLA with games against Cincinnati. San Diego State and Oklahoma. Even an Arizona matchup with Texas Tech, I think, is important for the league. Um, Nebraska visiting Colorado. I mean, all these games, when you look at the non-conference slate, Stanford playing Northwestern and, and Central Florida, the Pac-12 needs, I think, to show strong in these games and come away with some wins. That's South Division, Roxy. How long can Utah hang out at the top of this thing? How long will it take USC and UCLA, uh, for instance, under Chip Kelly, to get their stuff together and uh, start to uh, you know move up? Well, I think UCLA will be better this year. They went three and nine last year. But I don't know if it will translate into wins just because how difficult their schedule is. And, uh, but they have so many starters back, so many young guys got experience for them. I do believe they're trajecting upward. And with USC, the hot topic around the Trojans, not just you know, is the job status of Clay Helton, is he on the hot seat, but also the, the complete change in philosophy offensively where USC had been more of a pro-style offense where now they're opening it up and they're going with the air raid, and I, I think there'll be a little bit more balance in their edition of the air raid than we see at schools like Washington State or Texas Tech. But the, the talent level is there with USC, and there's cautious, there's cautious optimism, I think, for the Trojans that they could be better this year. But when you look at that schedule and the way it lays out in the the – Rumors swirling around Helton and his job status. It's going to be difficult for them just because of how hard that schedule is. And if they can somehow get through the first six games, and let's say they're four and two, which would, I think, be a tall order if they can do that. But they're going to be in a really good spot come the back half of the season considering the way the schedule shapes up for them. But those first weeks are going to be so difficult. And we all know... Yes, okay, Utah might have the best team, but USC's got the best talent. They, they just do, year in, year out. But will that talent come together? Last year it clearly didn't. They were 5-7. and seven. Let's see how it progresses this year. But uh, just from that standpoint, USC's got to put up before you can start believing in them as, as a football team. Roxy Bernstein, kind enough to join us. One of the greats has called a ton of games. Uh, I know you get asked this all the time, but... Uh, how surreal is it calling a game with Bill Walton? <laughs> well, is it, is it Bill Walton, the baseball announcer, after we saw him call the White Sox game the other <laughs> yeah, night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just the basketball analyst? But it, it's so different than anything else I do, whether it's working a basketball game with Don McClain or Corey Williams or Karam Butler or a football game with Anthony Heron. Or, or Sean Farnham, or whoever I happen to be paired up with. It's just different, and my preparation is different. And, but there's almost no way to prepare for him because you have no idea what's coming at you. We don't talk beforehand. We don't plan anything out. It's completely <laughs> spontaneous and organic. And, like, for example, we'll be, let's say we have a Utah game, right, and we're going to shoot around. We will sit at opposite sides of the arena. He'll sit at one end, I'll sit at the other. He doesn't want to talk to me at all. And, like, even if I walk over, hey, Bill, how you doing? Save it for air, Roxy, save it for air. <laughs> and it's just like, come on, Bill, I just don't... Save it for air. 
And then we go on the air, and it's pretty much the first conversation we're having all day is our open. And I have no idea what's going to be thrown at me. And, and at times it can be nerve-wracking. And, you know, for example, we were in, in China when that whole um, UCLA situation happened a couple of years ago. No. And a lot of people were really nervous about what Bill would say. But keep in mind, Bill's as smart as they come. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And so when he went out there and apologized on behalf of this, the planet Earth to the citizens of China, I couldn't stop laughing. And I had no idea what was coming. And it took me about 30 seconds to gather my thoughts after uh, Bill went on his little soliloquy. But it's, it's entertaining. Just like the viewer at home, it keeps me on the edge of my seat. I have no idea where it's going to go next. And I, and I love every second of it. And I love the, how unique that situation is to be working with Bill. So, Roxy, i got to ask you this. My partner over here, he uh, does play-by-play for Utah State. And uh, last year, Utah State had a remarkable oh ending in, in a game against Colorado State. And Scotty uh, was on the call. And, Austin, play that for Roxy. And I, I want to know whether Roxy has ever, if these words have ever crossed his lips or even come into mind during a game. What the hell just happened? Yeah, Pretty much every time I sit next to Bill, that comes <laughs> yeah. into my, my head. Yeah, I know the feeling. All right, good. <laughs> well, I think, I think you should go ahead and use that phrase. Scotty, you don't mind, do you? Oh, no. No, feel free. You, you didn't trademark that, did you? I'm not, I'm not infringing <laughs> no. on your copyright. No, no. No shirts have been made with what the hell just happened. None of that. <laughs> I think it was perfect for the moment, I will Roxy. say this. It did, it did make SportsCenter, and I got a phone call from my mom saying, can can you just not swear on ESPN? That would be really great if uh, we would have been, have to would hear. have been okay with her if you said what the heck just happened. I think that would have gone over a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. See, but see, Roxy, the moment called for it because there was such confusion at the end of that game. It was the perfect thing to say. And when you go back and listen to your calls, or I don't know if you do that or not, but if you do, do you critique yourself and say, uh, okay, I, I should have said something different than I did? Oh, I watch every game. Yeah, I'll re- I DVR it, and then when I get home, and I have more time for that in the football season than the basketball season just because I'm doing three games a week during the basketball season, but only one during the football season, so I have plenty of time, and not just as my prep for the next week is do a self-evaluation, but clearly get ready for the two teams I'm calling, plus keep an eye on the rest of the conference. But, yeah, I, I, I go, oh, I wish I said that differently or I phrased that, I could have phrased that better. I have those, those thoughts every time, sure. And it, it, we're all kind of searching for that perfect broadcast that we're probably never going to have, but we're trying for it and we're striving for it, and that's the only way to get better. It's, okay, your coaches, you're breaking down film after games, right? You're doing the self-evaluation to get ready for the next game. Well, we can do the same thing. And we can get better at our craft, and that's what I try to do between game to game. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Roxy, we appreciate it, man. Huge fan of your work and what you do. Keep it rolling. Look forward to catching up again here real soon. You got it, guys. Anytime. Happy to join you. Roxy Bernstein from the Pac-12 Network right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. So I think you got the Roxy seal of approval there. Uh, yeah. You know, the one thing that I, that, that I was a little dismayed by, because some of these great announcers, like Bowler is so good at, like, reaching down for that like that next level when things really get exciting and and i go the other way i go high like i got that weird <laughs> peter brady breaking my voice 
which really drives me nuts. Does that happen frequently? Uh, when things get exciting, yeah. And that's something I'm like, this whole offseason, I'm like, what do I do to try to not sound like a 14-year-old middle of puberty <laughs> kid when something what exciting happened. just happened? See, right there on the hell, you yeah, know? But, yeah, but it sounds honest. It sounds <laughs> real, authentic, because you wouldn't plan it that way. <laughs> I don't mean that as a criticism. It sounds like 14-year-old Scott Gerard when he saw, never mind, no, sorry. <laughs> I don't want to hear about 14-year-old Scott Gerard. I'm just saying, like, the voice cracks every now and then. I'm like, come on, you got you to gotta be better than that. <laughs> I, I really liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was excellent. All right, coming up next, we continue to talk a little. Oh, uh, BYU. Yeah, that's that's another story. I'm well, sure you've heard that one. No, tell everyone. Do share. Oh, that uh, we'll tease it. I'll tell you on the other side. Okay. Live here at Marley's Gourmet <laughs> Sliders, 3561 West, 114 South, here in South Jordan. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone.